Good morning. It's good to see you and to have another chance to be together. It's a blessing that we thank God for to be able to worship together, to be able to sing and pray and remember the Lord's death and give and also now to study from His Word. We welcome visitors that we have today. We appreciate that you're with us and we hope you can come back and join us in other opportunities that you have. We look ready to stand ready to help you and are very thankful that you've uh, been with us today, and, and we look forward to other such opportunities. Uh, we, uh, as already been mentioned uh, of the gospel meeting, I want to say thank you for the prayers that you offered uh, for me and safe journey to and from uh, Harrodsburg last week in Kentucky. Brother Keith Greer and his wife Rita send their greetings. Brother Greer preached us a meeting in 2012. I've known him for going on 30 years now. Getting close to it, anyway, and uh, and uh, it was good to be with them again. I saw Brother Heath Rogers one uh, afternoon and evening. He was with us last uh, spring in a meeting, and actually, he's the author of our uh, Sunday morning class book. So uh, it was good to be with him and uh, share a little bit of time with him uh, as well, and and to get to know the brethren there. It's always good to come home. I miss you and appreciate uh, uh, being able to be back with uh, with you today. And uh, I'd like for us to, to just spend our day today studying about the Judgment Day. Uh, we've broken this into two parts. And we're going to this morning just talk about some of the events around the Day of Judgment. And, and tonight, Lord willing, we, we want to study some about the effect that ought to have on us. Uh, what kind of impact? What kind of uh, what do we do with this information about a judgment? Now there'll be some overlapping, obviously, as we talk about these things. Uh, but uh, it's a subject that, while uh, we might you know, think everyone here might think, well, I've got a pretty good grasp of that, and I hope you do. I hope we, we all do because it's important for us to. It's also good that we remind ourselves about the day of judgment, and uh, because. Viewing it, understanding it, knowing it uh, ought to have uh, a real impact uh, upon our lives. And if you're not a Christian, the most fundamental impact it ought to have is that you uh, obey the gospel of Jesus and become a Christian, uh, that you uh, are forgiven of your past sins, and that you can now live with the anticipation of that day of judgment rather than a dread uh, of uh, the surety and certainty of it. The Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. So the judgment is certain. It's sure to come. Uh, but the truth is that there are a lot of, of wild speculations about it. A lot of, a lot of false predictions. There, uh, people continually try to tell us when Jesus is going to come back and when the judgment day is going to happen. And of course they have all the premillennial theories about Jesus coming invisibly and He's going to snatch the Christians away. They call that the rapture. And then seven day, years later, he's going to, there's going to be a great period of tribulation. And after that seven years, then uh, there'll be the righteous dead and, and, and uh, all uh, that will be raised. And there'll be a thousand year reign on, on earth by Jesus. And then there'll be the uh, uh, finally uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, raising of all the all the dead, uh, and eternal judgment, and eternal life or eternal death. All those speculations, all those errors around premillennialism uh, are, uh, are not what we're going to talk about today, but that just illustrates that there's just a lot of people, a lot of people, millions and millions of people, who simply don't understand what the Bible teaches 
rather plainly and straightforwardly about the uh, return of Jesus and about the day of judgment. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2, uh, verses 1-3, through that uh, people in the first century were being troubled and upset by some who were teaching error about the return of Jesus. Uh, It says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you not to be troubled, not to be shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Some were deceiving the brethren. Some were even trying to to, uh, uh, say that the apostles were, were teaching uh, that the day of Christ had come. And he says, don't let anyone deceive you by any means. And he goes on to talk about a falling away that would happen first and the man of sin being revealed and so forth. And uh, uh, some were teaching the resurrection was past already. Second Timothy 1 and verse 18. Uh, some were saying, where's the promise of His coming? For from the beginning of creation, all things continue as they were. Or from the, uh, all things now as, as from the beginning. Nothing's changed. Well, we need to be prepared. We need to be armored, armed with the truth of God about Christ's return and about the day of judgment. Second, look with me please. 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 1 and, uh, 1 and 2. The passage says concerning the times and seasons, brethren. That is... Concerning occasions and, uh, and uh, such as the coming of the Lord, he says, and he'd just been talking about when, that the Lord would come. He said, concerning those times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Now, the expression the day of the Lord is, is at once both the, the, an expression describing the return of the Lord and, and particularly the coming of the Lord in judgment. Prophets use that phrase in the Old Testament repeatedly, the day of the Lord, or the great day of the Lord. It would be the day that the Lord came in judgment uh, against the nations through the prophets. But now, the Gospel of Jesus takes that phrase and makes the application when Jesus returns on the final great day of judgment. He says, we don't need to be troubled. He says, we understand, we know that it's going to come suddenly, it's going to come like a thief. When they're saying peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. As a woman in labor pains with a child, and they shall not escape. So, we can know the truth about the return of Jesus. We can can know the events that are going to occur, that are going to occur on that day. The question is, am I ready? Am I ready for the events of the judgment day? Do I know what's going to happen? And then do I, am I ready for it? Tonight we'll talk some about the readiness. This morning, let's just be sure we know what's going to happen. Uh, as the Bible says, without all of these other uh, false doctrines and wild speculations or wild predictions not anchored in the Word of God. First of all, of course, is on the Day of Judgment, there's going to be the resurrection of all the dead. Now, as I mentioned a minute ago, the premillennial doctrine says that Saints will be raptured, and then there'll be a first resurrection, then a second resurrection, and 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 you know they 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 divide it into to multiple resurrections. But Jesus talked about one resurrection, John five twenty eight and twenty nine, and it's going to happen uh, on the last day. It's going to happen when uh, the Lord returns. Do not marvel at this. 
For the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear His voice and come forth. All will hear in the graves will hear His voice, His commandment, and they'll come forth. And the hour is coming. Not a thousand years plus is coming. He said, no, the hour is coming in which all that are in the tombs will hear His voice and come forth. They that have done good for the resurrection of life and they that have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. One resurrection. It's uh, Acts 24 and 15 says, in fact, Paul said that uh, he was, he was being uh, persecuted and imprisoned because he held the hope of Israel that there would be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. A resurrection of the dead. One resurrection of all the dead. He talks about it in 1 Corinthians 15 and 51 through 53 that uh, the flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We're going to have to be resurrected from the dead to enter into uh, the uh, immortal realm. And he says, flesh and blood don't inherit the kingdom of God. Um, and in verse 51 of that text, it says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We're not going to all be dead. Sleep is used to figure of death. But we're going to all be changed. Whether you're alive or whether you're dead, there's going to be a change. The dead are going to be raised. He says, the moment, the twinkling of the eye at the last trumpet. The trumpet is going to signal the defeat of death in the resurrection. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on corruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So, so there can't be a judgment day unless there's a resurrection from the dead. The dead is going to give up. Uh, or, or death is going to give up those that it has up to this point had power over. See, that's in Revelation when we read that uh, death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. Revelation 20 and verse 13. Jesus is going to say, come out of the grave. Just like He commanded Lazarus. And the power of death is going to be loosed. And everyone's going to be resurrected. That's going to happen on the day of judgment. So, so uh, you know, uh, the body is going to be raised. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about resurrection. It's a bodily resurrection from the dead. It's not the same. It's going to be a different body fit for eternity. And 1 Corinthians 15 discusses that in some detail. But, but no, with the resurrection of the dead, the judge is going to appear. Now, you know, in, in our system of, of government, often the you know, at least at the beginning of a court session, the, uh, all rise and the judge enters into the and sits on the judgment seat at the bench. And we give a due respect to the fact that the judge has arrived and and he's going to adjudicate uh, the the the, the um, cases before him. Well, scriptures describe that that the judge is going to appear when we're resurrected from the dead. Look at Matthew twenty-five and verse thirty-one. Matthew 25.31, Jesus there says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory and all the nations will be gathered unto Him. So, so note here that He is going to arrive with His angels, with His messengers. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 
The Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. He's going to come, according to 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 8, with, the, with His angels in flaming fire, rendering divine vengeance. So the, the angels are going to execute and be a part of the execution of the punishment against those who do not know God, those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. So we can anticipate that when the Lord comes, it's not like He's going to just be by Himself. No, he, there's this, there is the angelic host that, uh, uh, that will attend Him as the, angel, as the uh, nations are gathered around Him. As, it, as Jesus said, the Son of Man is going to sit on the throne of His glory. He is now going to be on the judgment seat. It's a throne of glory and power. It is a throne of holiness and righteousness and purity. In Revelation 20 and verse 11, the, the Scripture we read this morning, look what it says. I saw a great white throne. Well, why is the throne white? Because understand these words are figurative. Okay? This, this is figurative language to express to us to understand what's going to happen. A white throne signifies the holiness, the purity, the righteousness of the reign of God and of the judgment of God that's going to occur. And we see that idea in other places in in, the, in Revelation of, of God on His throne and in glory, in honor, uh, in authority. Well, now the, the judge is going to appear in a position of authority, in a position of, of judging. With those angels attending Him, uh, His power is going to be exercised as He judges mankind. Again, in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, familiar verse to us says, For we must all be made manifest before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he's done, whether good or evil. So, the judgment seat of Christ. The judge will be on his throne. Remember, that's what Paul preached to the Athenians. God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. It won't be any, any person here in our lives that's going to judge us. Uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be Jesus. Now, that's significant. And we'll talk about that as we go through our study this morning. But, but that, sh- that should give us some confidence and also some reverence and respect in the choices we're making in our lives right now because you see, one day, each one of us are going to be before Jesus. I, 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 words fail me to, to impress, to get to be able to impress the magnitude of that thought, the the solemnity of that, the grandeur of that, and and how fearful it is to fall into the hands of the living God. How fearful it is to be before the Judge on the last great day and be unprepared. For that judgment, you know, when people go to in our court system for a variety of reasons. They prepare themselves. They prepare their their case. Well, we're going to see that on that day, we're going to all gather. We're all going to stand before God, and 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 then and there's going to be an individual judging. More on that in just a moment. 
But but look what's look what it said. We're going to all be gathered. The nations are going to be gathered around him. In Matthew twenty five thirty two, some have read that verse and said, "Well, see, he's going to he's going to judge America, that nation, and 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 Canada, that nation, and Russia, that nation." That's not what the verse is saying. That's not what it means. All the nations means all the peoples. All all the peoples are going to be gathered before whatever nation you're from. Whatever age in which you lived, all the nations, all the peoples are going to be gathered before Him. And He'll separate them one from another as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. Now I hope that we can begin to get this picture in our heads. We're going to be resurrected. When we die, that's not the end of it. We're going to either be in comfort or torment, according to Luke 16, but we're going to be resurrected from the dead. And the judge is going to appear. And he's going to sit on his throne and he's going to, and it, he has a judgment seat. That is, he's coming in victory as a ruler, but he's also coming as a judge. And, and we're going to stand before him and we're going to answer to him. Now, you know, most of us at some point in our lives answer to somebody. As children, we answer to our parents. As adults, we answer to a variety of authorities in our lives. We answer to somebody. All of us answer to God. All of us answer to God. And that's going to be a part of this day when we're all gathered before Him, stand before Him. Look at Revelation 20 and 12 in our reading this morning. I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. Standing before God. Presented before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. Now, with all of that occurring, we want to add that simultaneously with the fact that Jesus returns and we're all resurrected and the living are changed, the earth is burned up. This is not happening on the earth. Because we've been resurrected from the dead. The dead have been resurrected. The living have been changed. 1 Corinthians 15, 51, 52. So, the earth and all of its works are burned up. 2 Peter 3 and verse 7. That's the day of the Lord. The day of judgment. Melt with fervent heat, the verse says. Now, you see that in Revelation 20 and verse 11. When he says, I saw a great white throne and Him who sat on it. So we've already identified that. That's Jesus. That's the judge God has ordained. From whose face the earth and the heaven fled. Fled away. And there was, no, uh, there was found no place for them. A figurative way of describing this world is no more. The earth and the heavens fled away. They ceased to exist. They, they no longer are in view. Peter explains, and we'll read this tonight, that as he burns up this habitation, there is a new habitation that God, God brings into being for His people. A new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Heaven itself. But right now, we want to see that, that when the judge comes, and we're all resurrected from the dead, the judge comes, sits on his throne, and sits on his judgment seat, and we're before him, the earth is no more. The stars are no more. The heavens don't exist any longer. They've all fled away. Now, with that situation, and we are now gathered. Before the judge, books are opened. 
Revelation 20 and verse 12. Right? He says, dead and small, dead, small and great, that is, you know, whether they were poor, whether they were wealthy, whether they had no power on this earth or great power on this earth, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter whether it's Nebuchadnezzar, whether it's Caesar, or whether it's little old you and me. President of the United States, Emperor of China, doesn't matter. Small and great. All are before God and books were opened. Those who've ruled millions of people and those who were ruled makes no difference. Books were opened. Now, the idea of books is intriguing and important because a book is a, is a record that is contained. Well, Jesus said, He that rejects Me and does not receive My sayings has one that judges Him. The Word that I spoke, the same will judge Him in the last day. Well, here we are in the last day. Here we are when Jesus comes. He's on His judgment seat. Books are open. So we conclude the books contain a record of God's Word. It's a, it identifies, it's representative of the fact that God's Word is a standard by which we're going to be judged. Now, if you have visions in your mind, that's a, that's a leather-bound book with gold, uh, gold uh, edges. That's really not the picture, is it? Remember, this is figurative language. He's describing a standard that's going to be applied. It's going to be referenced. It's going to be that by which we are judged. It's that word Jesus went on to say. He said, I've spoken of my Father. I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that His command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak as the Father told me, so I speak. Jesus spoke the command of the Father and His Word is everlasting life. That's important to see. Jesus connected God's command with everlasting life in John 12.50. God's command is everlasting life. So, in the last day, God's record is open. God's Word is the standard. You know, we go into a courtroom, there's a standard that's applied. Our laws. And so, in like manner, there's a law, there's a word, a will that's going to be applied. It's God's. It's God's command. It contains everlasting life, but it also will judge those things that are unrighteous. And and if we reject that word now, we'll be rejected in the last day. We'll be judged, we'll be condemned by that word in the last day. That's what Jesus said. He said, he called it the book of life also was opened. So there, there were books that were opened, and then he said, and another book was opened. Okay, so I want you to see we've got books were opened and another book was opened. So we have the divine record of, of God's Word, the standard by which we're judged, and then we have what's called a book of life. Now note, the dead were judged according to their works by the things that are written in the books. So the books, that's, that's the, the first statement he made. That's the divine standard. That's the Word of God. Now, what's the book of life? Well, the book of life is a record of the faithful. It is a record of those who, who 
belong to God. I want you to see that in verse 15, and then we'll, we'll look at something in the Old Testament. Revelation 20.15, anyone who's not found written in, in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I want my name in the book of life because if it's not in the book of life, I'm going to be cast into the lake of fire. Remember Jesus said, my word that I got from the Father, God, the Father's command is everlasting life. So there's a standard that I have to live by, that I have to follow, and if I follow it, now I have life. Conclusion, now I'll be in the book of life. God will know that I am His. He knows those who are His, 2 Timothy 2 and 19. And so I need to have my book, my name there. I need to be identified among those who are faithful to God. In Malachi chapter 3 and in verse 16, this, this concept is used. All right? Revelation draws upon this picture. It says, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them, so a book of remembrance was written before Him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on His name. So, so as the Lord was, uh, is prophesying, He was going to, to prepare and bring judgment upon Israel for her sins, yet there were some who feared the Lord and their name was going to be in the book of remembrance. In other words, God was going to remember them for their fear for Him and rather than fall under condemnation, they would be safe. They would be rewarded. In the same way, this book of life is a recognition that God knows those who are His. God knows the faithful. God knows who those who have lived by the words that are written in the books that are opened as a standard. Those who have lived by His Word. You see, obviously then there's an application for us. Is if we want our, word, our name in the book of life, we have to follow the Word of God and in this life and not reject it. John 12, 48. He that rejects me and doesn't receive my sayings as one that judges him. What? The words that I spoke will judge him in the last day. Here it is. The books are open. His words are going to judge us. If I've accepted his word, if I'm following his word, here's, here's the book of life that shows that. In other words, God's saying, I'm going to know who's mine. And in this day of judgment, those who are mine are going to have everlasting life. Those who are not mine, those who aren't in the book of life, we're going to be cast in the lake of fire. As you see, that's going to be the judgment of the wicked. That's going to be the judgment of those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. So, every one of us are going to be judged by that divine standard. We're going to stand before God and we're going to answer. We're going, it is going to be a day of reckoning. So look at that word with me in Matthew 25, 19. Um, you know, I think some may have the idea that, well, I'm a Christian. I, don't, I won't go through that. No. According to 2 Corinthians 5, 10, whether you're righteous or unrighteous, you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Every one of us. But in Matthew 25 and 19, this is 
uh, alluded to, referred to. Go there with you, Matthew 25, the 19th verse. says, After a long time, you remember this is the parable of the talents, and it illustrates the kingdom of heaven. He says, A long time the Lord of those servants, after a long time the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The word is reckoned, reckoning. It's a, it's a, it's a business term. Uh, like an audit. When you audit your books, you, you know, you, you work through and see that there's a balancing of the books. There's a, there's a, a take, a giving of an account, a settling of an account. There's going to be an inquiry into one's faithfulness. Just as in the parable of the talents, the master came and he settled accounts with the five talent man and the two talent man and the one talent man. And, and so it is on the day of judgment, brethren and friends, we will stand before God and we will give an account of our life before and according to the standard, based on the standard that's given. Now, the question is, you know, that, that sobers us up, or it should. That ought to sober us up and realize that this business of being a Christian is not playing a game. It, it is preparing us for a time when we're going to answer to God Almighty, to His Son Jesus Christ, for our life here on earth. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. We're going we're to reap what we sow. He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. His name won't be in the book of life if he lives according by, uh, to the flesh. But, if he, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap eternal life. So if we follow the will of the Spirit of God, if we follow the Word of, of God, then our name will be in the book of life and we'll reap, we'll, we'll harvest everlasting life. These are simple principles, but, the, but you see, these are the events... That, that ought to prepare us. God's telling us ahead of time what's going to happen. He's telling us ahead of time. You're going to stand before me. You're going to answer. You're going to give an account. It's going to all, it's going to all come out in the day of judgment. Not going to be anything, anything hidden. We're going, to, we're going to all have the same standard and, and, and we're going to give an account of ourselves to God. Romans 14, 11, and 12 uses that terminology. Now, Jesus said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, didn't we prophesy in Your name? Cast out demons in Your name? Do many mighty works in Your name? Lord, we were very religious. Lord, we called upon Your name. They're going to, he says there are going to be people on that day that are going to, they're going to answer and say with full confidence that we were serving You. But He said, I'll say to you, I never knew You. Depart from Me, you who work lawlessness. Iniquity. See, your, your works, your life, is not in harmony with the books that are opened. It was lawless, against without law. Lawlessness, iniquity. And so, the dead are going to be raised. The judge is going to appear. The earth is going to be destroyed. We're going to all be gathered before His judgment seat. And books are going to be opened. Got the divine standard and the book of life. 
We're going to be judged out of those books. We're going to see if our name's in the book of life. And if it is, the Lord will say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful in a few. I'll make you master over many. Enter into the joys of your master. If not, then we will be cast into outer darkness. We'll be cast into the lake of fire. Revelation twenty fifteen says, as a punishment justly for our sin, because the wages of sin is death. See? The wages of sin is not go to heaven. The wages of sin is death. And sadly, that will be the outcome of those who are not prepared. So you see, in giving an account, just let me note with you very briefly here what, what all that entails. It entails our heart. God will judge the secrets of men. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 5. He'll judge our hearts. He will judge the intents of the attitudes of our hearts. Uh, Romans 2 and verse 16 says, "...in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to My Gospel." 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 5 says, "...therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts." He'll reveal the purposes of the heart. God's going to judge our heart. He's going to judge our words. Jesus said in Matthew 12, He's going to judge our actions, our deeds. 2 Corinthians 5.10 So, not just, well, he had a good heart, so he'll go to heaven. No, we've got to have the right heart. We've got to have right words that come from that heart. And we've got to have right conduct that's in harmony with God's will. And again, that's the point of Revelation 20, verses 12 and 13. As... They're going to be judged, what? According to their works by the things that are written in the book. So hearts are judged, words are judged, conduct is judged. We cannot simply say, well, the guy had a good heart. I know he he kind of lived a raucous life, but but he had a good heart. He'll go to heaven. Someone told me this past week was talking about some of these things about life and death and funerals, actually, is what we're talking about. He, He said he attended a funeral and 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 there's all the drinking buddies of the guy who was there, and, and uh, they 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 held up a toast to the to, they're going to all gather around the great bar in the sky. Well, that that's not going to happen. It's going to be a judgment bar. It's not going to be the other kind of bar. <laughs> Attitudes, words, and conduct. That's why we have to bring all of these things into submission to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And everyone's going to receive the things done in the body. Just. It's going to be a just reward. It's going to be accurate. There's not going to be any mistakes. The righteous. It's going to be righteous. The judgment is going to be a righteous judgment. It's going to be an impartial judgment. It's going to be according to truth. Romans 2, 5 through 11. It's an important passage that we'll, we will uh, begin to bring these thoughts to a close here this morning. The verse says, according to your hardness and your impenitent heart, you're treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So the day of judgment is a righteous day. You see, it's a righteous day of wrath and it's a righteous day of, of glory. He's going to render to each one according to his deeds, as we just mentioned. 
He's going to give eternal life to those in patient continuance in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But for those who are self-seeking, not seeking the glory of God, but seeking self, they don't obey the truth. and They're going to receive indignation, wrath, tribulation, and anguish. And God's impartial. He's going to impartially, properly, correctly, righteously, and in holiness execute His judgments on that day. And the eternal sentence is going to be pronounced. He's going to tell the ones on His left, go into the outer darkness. He's going to tell those on on the right, in that figure, enter into the joys of your Master. Matthew 25, 31-34, continuing all the way through verse 46. He makes it clear that some are going to go away into eternal everlasting punishment and the righteous into everlasting life. And that's just what we read in Romans, the 20th chapter, isn't it? Eternal life or eternal punishment. Choice is ours. It's our choice. Do we want life everlasting? If we do, then let us seek the things of God. If we seek things for ourselves and put God on the sidelines, understand what we're doing. Understand, we're not getting ready for the judgment. And the day of judgment, we're going to have to answer why we did that. If we put God on the sideline now, the day of judgment, when we stand before Him, He's not going to say, well done. He's going to say, depart from me, you who work iniquity. Are you ready? It comes to each one of us. Are we ready for the judgment? Are we really ready for all these great things that are going to happen when Jesus comes back? And by the way, He can come back anytime according to God's goodwill and decision. God holds that in His will. And so, it's not going to be up to us. It's not going to be say, well, I'll have all my life. Well, you just don't know that. And neither do I. We have right now. Today is the day of salvation. Let's get ready. If you're not a Christian, become one today. And if you are, then repent if there's sin in your life. Make things right with God so that when you stand before Him, that will be recognized. The blood of Jesus, having washed your sins away, your name will be in the book of life. An eternal, an eternal home will be yours. If we can help you, why don't you come right now while we stand and sing?